0: on preparation, isn't it? And they need to study, to read, to study your spouse, you know? Because, what did he say? He said that if you don't prepare to succeed, then you are preparing to fail or something, isn't it? Yeah, so we, and he also, told us that we have to develop wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and he showed us five ways spiritually to connect with God and to stay connected as we prepare ourselves to enter into marriage and all that. And um, I think that one of the areas of great importance that we need to study, we need to learn, we need to understand, because I think that in a lot of times it's either been misconstrued or overused or used as an excuse for so long or also for some totally total ignorance in that area destroys good relationships. So hopefully today we'll start talking about um, temperaments and I think before we even go into that I just thought that will eliminate one thing that is really, you know, sometimes interchange or But temperament is not character. Amen. Temperament is not character. When I looked in the uh, website, edition, I said that character is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to a person. And then I will add my bit and say that it is not innate. It is not from birth. Character is formed. Character is formed by upbringing, by experiences. You know, it's influenced and shaped by things that are around us. And we develop a character. Do you, do you understand? Temperament is innate. It's, we literally—you can even see a newborn baby and know that this child has attitude, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and it's something that uh, God has given to us, and we must embrace it and maximize its use. And uh, for those who don't have this book before you jump, I want to encourage you: get one. You can go to chrisander.org, own one. I think every library must have one because it's like a reference book. Every now and then, you can just have a look at it and then see what's going on there and, you know, upgrade your and remind yourself on a couple of things. You know, it says that it's a person's natural predisposition. That is a person's unique personality or nature manifested in peculiarities of feelings, temper, and actions. So anytime we are talking about temperament, don't equate it to character. Because character is much easier to change, to adapt. Do you understand? Temperaments must be worked with. (laughs) Do you understand? I'm black, I've got to work with that. I'm short, I've got to work with that. Do you understand? I can't go, they say they are looking for models, six point something, uh, you know, height. Then I go and then I, I want to adjust. Do you understand? Yeah. So, so it's our temperament that it's not there for us to adjust. As we go on and as we teach, I was going, you realize that the blessing as a Christian is that, first of all, we become exposed to it. And secondly, the only person who can touch that area is the Holy Spirit. Do do you understand? The only person who can make the best. Haven't you realized how the Holy Spirit has even made your life better? You know, even your attitude can affect it. How much more? Is it only the Holy Spirit that can bring? any good effect or use of it. And um, one of the main scriptures that defines temperaments, generally, especially in marriage or in the house of God, and when we are looking at temperaments from a biblical perspective, we have four basic ones. But as I was reading through, I realized that in, uh, if there's any psychologists here, they will be able to tell me you realize that they actually have a few more. But as I was reading over them and looking at them, then I realized that, in fact, every other one that exists is drawn out of these four. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's drawn out of these four. So you realize that even though those say, oh, this is also a type of temperament, in reality, you know, a good example is they said there's a temperament called supine. But really, it's the First cousin of phlegmatics, do you understand? Because they have a lot of... So we are going to stick to the ones that the Bible talks about. So let's look at Proverbs 30. We're going to read from the Amplify. I really want us to study this. This one is not a preaching one. This one is a life study. It's an examination. It's something that you need. in, And we are going to be looking at these um, temperaments Specifically in terms of relationships and in three key areas. So first of all, let's read our scripture. It says that, I'm reading from verse 11 to 14. It says that there is a class of people, the King James, who say there's a generation. There's a class of people who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There's a class of people who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not washed from their own filth. There's a class of people, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their raised eyelids. There's a class of people whose teeth are as swords, and whose fangs as knives, to devour the poor from the earth, and the needy from among men. When you, in the whole book of Proverbs 30, you realize that it's talking about things that God despises, and all that, so... The emphasis, even on the temperament, is more on the negative sides. But we'll come to realize that every uh, temperament is good and every temperament has something bad, which is really how life is, isn't it? I said the best person has some evil in them and the worst person has some good in them. Have you seen an armed robber with their children? They're very loving. I think that was a good example, isn't it? Have you, have you seen an armed robber with your mother? Oh, you'll be surprised. One person, every evil person has some good in them. And even the best person has some evil in them. Yeah. And that is why sometimes we get so surprised when somebody we regard as so good does something bad because we don't realize that for perfection come tomorrow. Do you get it? Yeah. So, we have to dispel that idea that you even want to change your temperament. Well, as we go along, you realize that we really need to even analyze some of these things because sometimes it brings so much conflict that people are conflicted within from who they really are and who they want to be. Do you get it? Rather than being who they are and letting God use it as it is. So, We are going to look at it this for the verse 11 there's a class of people who cares their fathers and do not bless their mothers that is what will define as a melancholic i'm just going to give them to you because we are going to treat each one as the book has it and we'll go through the strengths and the weaknesses so when it says that there's a class of people who cares their fathers and do not bless their mothers you know because a melancholic generally is somebody who is very pensive and so can be very moody and can see things, you know, sometimes from a very negative perspective, you know. So sometimes it's called the dark temperament because they see things very uh, gloomy, you know. It's like while somebody will say, oh, the cup is half full, they will see it as half empty. And they have this sense of perfection and this sense of, I do things best, or when I'm doing something, I really do it. (laughs) We shall, listen, we will not be tempted by anybody and anything, not today. (laughs) Verse 12 says that there is a class of people who are pure in their own eyes and and yet are not washed from their own filth. And that is the phlegmatic. Oh, they'll pay any price for peace. Mm. They don't want any conflict. If you're about to fight, they'll say, "Take it. You have won. You can have it." Yeah. You know they are very laid back, very diplomatic. You know, so it also makes them feel good. You know, because they just feel that, yeah, I can handle this, and I am, I am okay. You know, please don't. As far as they're concerned, they don't do anything. In fact, phlegmatics are the most difficult to uh, witness to and to win over because they have some moral uprightness, innate moral uprightness. You understand? They're very priceless. I'm sure in Switzerland, a lot of people there will be phlegmatics. (laughs) Yeah. It is one of the most godless countries and yet one of the most orderly nations. Yeah. Isn't that such a contradiction? Yeah. It's one of the most orderly, you know... There are some places there there's a lot of God and a lot of corruption. A lot of <laughs> and a lot of corruption. In Switzerland, there is almost zero God and everybody is principled. Do you get it? Yeah. So they feel that they are pure in their own eyes and yet are not washed from their own filth. So they never see where they are, where they also fall short because it's like I'm nice, you know, I'm kind, I'm gentle. I don't even quarrel, I don't shout at people, I don't get engaged in all this drama. I'm not, there's no drama where I'm concerned. There's also some in this room. Anyway, verse 13, there is a class of people. Oh, how lofty are their eyes and their raised eyelids. Those are the sanguines. Oh, wherever they are, there must be joy. There must be happiness. They must, you know, they just feel that once I'm here, everything is going to happen. Everything must happen, you know. But what that also does is that generally they have like a large personality and they they have a large appetite for both good and bad. So they have, they can even have a large appetite for food and a large appetite for sex. You get it? They have big (laughs) appetites. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it also makes them become careless because, like, everybody likes them. Everybody wants them around, you know, so they are not, they are not careful with money. They are not careful. You, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because and so that person is easygoing, you know. You see, even as we are just even highlighting that, you can realize that each one is good and then each one, too, has its drawback. Do, do you get Because it's nice to have nice people around. Now, everybody can be a melancholy here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a cousin who literally irons everything on the planet. Anything you are thinking about the iron. The iron. And the, even the iron them according to color. Yeah. Can you imagine if that's your husband? It's not a joke. You are, you are even afraid to iron for him because you probably won't get the line straight. But if you're also married to a sanguine, he doesn't want anything touched. There's wisdom in the chaos. As soon as you tidy things, he's confused. (laughs) He does, I mean, (laughs) he can't find anything because he needs that mess. How many of us work with people? You go to the office, you know that okay, this one is uh, sanguine. And then this one. Then the fourth one is verse 40 says that there is a class of people whose teeth are as swords. And whose fangs as nice, who devour to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. And that is the choleric who are almost heartless. If it's got to be done, it's got to be done at any cost and at any sacrifice. You know? And it's a great thing because can you imagine? If that such a person is your father or such a person is your husband or your wife, you know that once the idea comes, it will be achieved. We will get it. We will do it. We can make it. You know, we will go to... We, yeah, but it also means that we chop off everything in our way and in our sight because we've got to arrive at our destination. <laughs> because we've got to arrive at our destination. You see, you see, the reason why it's good for us to have this teaching, this... It's so that rather than just flow into, we maximize what we have. Do you understand? So let's say if you are a wife and you are choleric and you know that there is no stopping you, then you have to just make sure that the area that there's no stopping you is good. There's no stopping you in terms of, you know, preparing nice dishes for your husband. Nobody, if you have to travel to go and find the chicken fillet, you will go and get it because he's going to eat it no matter what. Do you understand? But if you are also going to use that you're correct that this house won't tolerate nonsense, somebody will be crucified. The house is right. You know, so it, it depends on how it's used. Do you understand? If you have a husband who is a phlegmatic, you know, you have to appreciate the fact that there will be so much peace in your house, even if you don't go far. <laughs> 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 you don't know. Yeah, but you see, what you realize is that even with that one, that is somebody who will accommodate. So, if you are doing something big, so long as you are not going to really disturb them, they'll leave you alone to get on with it. Yeah. The three areas that I think that we should look at these um, temperaments through, especially because we are dealing with relationship, is affection, control, and inclusion. And what do I mean by that? So when we take each of the temperaments, how do they relate or how do they absorb, let's say, inclusion? What do I mean by inclusion? It means your level of need to be around others, to be included, to be accepted. Do you understand? Yeah, because depending on your temperament, that can be a major issue. You want to be liked. You want to be part of do you understand yeah so all those every temperament has the degree to which they need acceptance you know there are people that I think my sister has is one of those that if you go shopping with her and she picks something and she says is it nice and you don't comment she's not moving on because it means it's not nice <laughs> and it's like does that suit me I'm like yeah it's okay no, she needs either, oh, wow, it's really, oh, mm, leave it. Do you understand? And that is her. I mean, she needs that. And she's the kind that she can even get home, still continue the discussion. I don't think this thing, I think I should return. I don't think it was actually the right. And then she will take it back. And then when she takes it, she's leaving, she like, should I have left it? I should have taken it. Should I have taken it? Do you get it? Well, I am the extreme opposite because if I like it and I like it, I take it. <laughs> and I don't have any you know and, and you know that that's one of the reasons why um, the lockdown has also exposed us because as we look at it you realize that sometimes we suppress certain things you know some people have a need for people to be around them have a need to be able to meet up with people have a need you know to be around you know they can't they don't, they don't like silence and they don't want to be alone Do do you understand? There are some people, they always look at their phone. Has somebody sent me a message? Is somebody calling me? Did somebody send me a text message? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do do, do you understand? I mean, it's like, even sometimes they hear their phone beep in their head. (laughs) Meanwhile, their battery is even there. The phone is not even on. But they thought they had, you know, like a message be and then they go and look at it and it's like the is died and they quickly charge it and they're waiting for it to charge and then it comes on and then no message has come it can bring their temperature very low do you understand and then you have some also that their phone i mean there was a time that especially between sunday to like tuesday when i put my phone on silent on sunday it would take up to like tuesday before i realized that the phone is on silent do you understand yeah But it doesn't necessarily mean that one... You must know what yours is so that... Because as we are talking about like inclusion, you realize that it exposes you to abuse. Do you understand? It exposes you to manipulation. Because people also realize when you are that needy for friendship, when you are that needy, do you understand? And it can be taken advantage of. And sometimes, in also your extreme to not feel like... I don't want people to think that I... Want to be around people you can also go into depression because your natural nature is to be around people so what you need is how do i get the balance do, do you understand what i'm saying yeah because when you get married you can't turn your husband into your uh, companion 24 7. he has to go to work he has to breathe he has to you know to yeah <laughs> he has to excel yeah where are you when are you coming where did you go why have you reached is there did I, did I hear another voice in the background did i hey <laughs> Maybe he even gets into the kitchen and then he remembers something and he laughs. Hey, you don't laugh with me. You're standing there on your own. You're laughing. (laughs) Then the second key area is in control. How dependent you are on others or the extent to which you want others to depend on you. Cholerics like people depending on them. Cholerics like being in charge. Cholerics like being the ones who are helping. Do, do you understand? People must need my assistance. People must need, and in fact, they can get frustrated when there are others who are needed more than them. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, listen, we all have to analyze ourselves so that when the Holy Spirit is working on us, knows the areas to help us and to expose to us. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And those who like to be controlled, yeah, should I go? Should I take their job? Should I stop school? Should, yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah. Um, do you, yeah, there was a pastor who was talking about his two sons, and he says, one of his sons, when he says, um, do uh, be an engineer. Yes, daddy. No, I think you should change and you should do uh, medicine. Yes, daddy. Then he has another son. What he wants him to do, he has to say the opposite. Because as soon as he says, be an engineer, he will go and uh, do history. (laughs) Do do, do, do you get it? Yeah. And one of them is just, yes, daddy. Whatever you are saying, that is what, uh, you know. And you see. You have to realize the difference between just being obedient and also needing somebody. And people like that, they can't even become managers or go higher because they don't want to have... They want somebody to tell them, this is the work you are doing. This You finish at five, you you, you know. As such a person, how do you run your own business? Because nobody is coming to control you. Nobody is coming to give you direction. You have to be able to manage. Do, do, Do you understand? So that is also one area that you look at, even in a relationship. Do you you understand? Because sometimes you can have a husband who's supposed to be head of the family, but he wants to be (laughs) controlled. I think we'll go there because it's Wednesday. No, 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 I don't think i don't think it, I don't. listen a christian marriage is a christian marriage i know that we are in the 21st century and you people have been reading all kinds of books and you've been watching all kinds of films and you have been having all kinds of discussions but you see there is wisdom in the word of god which, the, when the world fails to appreciate it it comes back to bite them and it comes back for them to realize that the word of god it never ceases it never changes do you understand? There is a way that's right unto a man, but the end of is the way of the... Yeah. You know, so as a wife, you shouldn't be happy that I can control my husband. No. It's a case. <laughs> it's a case. It's a case. Listen, I don't care even if you're a choleric wife. You want to have a Christian marriage. If you want to have a Christian, it doesn't mean that you should have some abuse. That's why you should choose wisely because if the person controlling you is a fool no hmm. Hmm. anyway yeah. I feel like somebody will send me some questions please send the questions because I have answers for you yeah. please send it yeah 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 yeah. I don't mind send the question and it's only in marriage that we, we, we strive over that we never get to our workplace and say why are you the manager and I'm not the manager? Why are you? Why should I listen to you? You listen to all, all kinds of people. They give you directions. Yeah. Then your marital home, you can't take the one that you chose. You know, you don't choose your father. You don't choose your mother. You don't choose your siblings. You choose your spouse. Yeah. You choose your spouse. And, and that is why this Sunday, Sunday, please, if you're online, make sure you log in because we we're talking about what's love got to do with it. Okay. Yeah. When you are choosing, you have to remember that this is somebody who you have to accept and who will make certain decisions that will be permanent over your life. Hmm. And then the third one is affection. The level of love you require from others and the level of love you give. You know, melancholics, they find it really difficult to form relationships generally, but melancholics, when they have a relationship, is ride or die. Do you understand? They are so committed So loyal, so intense. You know, my colleagues can't understand how somebody, you know, will promise to be here at 2 and come at 2.30. How? Don't you value the person enough to make sure you are there at 2? Do you understand? Yeah. They are very intense in their relationship. It's very, very intense. And in fact, their relationships have to be precise that sometimes it can become like army barracks. And then you have the choleric. Who doesn't, even the way they express love can be scary. You know, those are the ones who do refer to wedding day. (laughs) For love details, remember, author, I told you I love you. It's still working. Keep using it. Yeah, They, 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 they are not affectionate. Generally, they are not very, you know, they are not. Sanguines are very affectionate. They have a lot of love to give to a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have their, they just, I mean, they can distribute love freely. Yeah, but cholerics literally have to practice it. And they are the ones who have to put a reminder on their phone. Uh-huh. Wife's birthday is 6th November. Children, uh, 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 son's birthday is 8th. They have to put it there. Wedding anniversary is, I don't to forget. And the thing is that it's not even the forgetting that is the problem. They are not bothered that they forgot forgotten. <laughs> you, you understand? Like maybe if you are phlegmatic or if they forget, you know, it's just. But a cleric is like, Hey, by every year, we can't be doing birthday uh, and, you know, and rest every year, every year. Hey. Last year's home was great, so let it last for I mean, they are not even, uh, they don't have any remorse, they, they understand. And, you see, it's good to have an understanding of some of these things, so that when you also choose your own, or when you're living with your own, you realize that you can't be looking at somebody else's marriage and seeing how the husband holds her hands, holds her back, takes her back, open the car door for her, makes her sit before he says, you know, when he gets gives her the drink before he takes his drink. You look at the colleague has when he's finished drinking. Oh, did you want a drink? <laughs> 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 Listen, everybody carries their own. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, because you see, if 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 you don't if you don't appreciate it, you'll be frustrated. And you might even think that my marriage is not nice, or my wife is not good, or my husband. No. You, you understand? He may not open the door, bring you, he might bring you dry flowers from Morrison. <laughs> you know, but he has he's working hard. He has bought you a nice house. He has you have to, you know, flowers or house. You have to balance the two. <laughs> then you have the, the going to. Who knows where to order the nicest flowers? Get you chocolates with your name on it. This, which he used your 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 bank card to go and buy, and, and then he has come to live with. that. <laughs> yeah, and you see, and then they delivered the flowers at your workplace, and your wife will say, hey, "Your husband is very romantic. Hey, when you leave him, please pass him on to me, and they, you, please." And you can't even explain that just now your overdraft has gone to like <laughs> <laughs> all the things that he has been made. You don't know the trouble that we have. Yeah. Have you read, have you seen why we shouldn't just go, oh, this, you see, we shouldn't even see temperament as a defining decision. That if this person has this temperament, then I don't like it. If this person has this temperament. No, what do they use it for? Do you understand? How do they channel it? That is what is more important. We'll be closing soon. I just want to give us a few things for us to identify. I wanted to start. We were going to look at, maybe next Wednesday, we're going to look at the pros and cons of each and then learn. But I just want us to make a note of these four and then we'll be going. your temperament can be obscured or distorted by living in a way that is incompatible with our deepest needs. You see, because depending on the environment that you are in, so maybe you are being brought up in a home where maybe everybody is very forceful, everybody if you are not careful, you, even your temperament can be distorted. Because you become what you are not. See, let me tell us, especially for those of us who are leaders and ministers in this church, it doesn't matter what job you are giving the house of God, or what position you have, or whatever. Don't deliver that job, or don't do that job through somebody else's temperament. A good example, you know, Rev and I have pastored quite a number of churches and as you can see, Reverend is not that crazy. But I am, you know. But somehow it has worked. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, it has worked. <laughs> you know? But then one of the things we realized is that, in fact, almost in all the churches, once we hand it over to another pastor whatever, I don't know if it's out of it, they try to mimic my leadership way. Or my, but you can't do that. Do you understand? Because I think that even when Billa sees me and I have a frown on my face, she never takes it as, hey, Reverend is angry with me. No, she sees it as my resting face. So you come as maybe a very phlegmatic pastor, then you're walking around with a frown. It won't work. Do you understand? It won't work, and you will not manage well, and you will not deliver well. Because that is not who you are. Do you understand? Yeah. Well, As a young... Uh, pastor, you know, I used to go for women conferences, and when I go, you see that, all oh, the pastors, they, feel, they sit quietly, and they are dressed, they're overdressed, and, you know, and they just sit there, they are doing prison worship, they are sitting there. So initially, I also tried, because I thought that was a requirement. Yeah, so me try I sit there, and then make sure that, you know, it's almost like when you become a pastor, then the Holy Spirit leaves you, I don't know. Then, say that, hey, then you see that they're People who don't have title, they are praising God. Then at that point, I said, no, this one, it can't be. God didn't call me to come and sit on my happiness like that. Do you understand? So I realized that, no, this is not how I was made. This is how I was made. And this is what God is. But it doesn't also mean that when you become a pastor or whatever, you're like, oh, me to let me. That is not you. You yourself, you'll be frustrated Do do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to use what God has given to you and allow God to use it in the way that he wants to use it. Amen. Don't allow your temperament to be distorted. Don't allow it to be ridiculed. Rather, use it to the best of your ability and use it. do, do, Do you understand? Yeah. I think I've gotten better now in the Bila and co. Those who I call often. Now, when I call, I normally say, hello, how are you? Yeah, there was a time when I call, I, Pastor haven't I improved? Even in my text messages now, normally, now I say, hello. Which one? <laughs> Except the Monday morning ones. Yeah, because the Monday, ones, Monday morning ones, they are financial loss. So that's why I can't even greet you. But you realize that there is improvement. Yeah. But the fact that I've sent the text, and the text comes sharp, sharp, sharp. I love you too. (laughs) Ben. Ben. Beth. Beth. Oh. Please save some ice cream for me. Okay, I'm coming. Yeah, you can ask Beth. I haven't changed. Beth, have I changed? No. Yeah. But then nobody will receive a text from me or see me and say, but Pastor... She doesn't um, no because you know that actually it's coming from a deep place to even receive such a powerful message. <laughs> yeah, but when you become a pastor, everybody knows how nice you are. Do you understand? You are very warm. You know, I'm very. How are you? How is your father? How is the cat? How is the chickens? Hey, is the fish okay? Ooh. you know. And now because you become a pastor, and because Pastor Clara has no panache you follow. Where are you going? What? It's not you. Don't do that. Have you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, whether you are handling a ministry do it with that which you have, because that is what God has given you. Yeah. I don't think my children will want any other mother. I know, I know. You turned out well, son. You did do badly. But you know what, some time ago, I think it was a few years ago, and then my nephew was having an issue with his mom, and he was like, he wants to come and live with us. And Phoebe was like, you don't. <laughs> because, you see, my sister is literally the opposite of me. She's very, are you okay? Do you want some more? Will you eat again? Oh, do you want milo? Do you want hot chocolate? Here, yeah. Oh, another one. You know, so she said, don't, don't try this your thing. If you bring it here, it won't work. Living in a way that is ill-suited, you can end up living in a way that is ill-suited to our true nature. And that's what I want to kill. I want us to move away from this. Don't treat your temperament like a case. Don't treat it like, do you understand? Don't treat it like that at, at all. No, no, no. You'll be very unhappy. So it brings me to the, even the last one, which is there can be a gap between our inner temperament and Outward personality, and that ends up producing attention that can manifest itself in an unhealthy and destructive way. Do you understand? Yeah. And even in our behaviors. Yeah. And that is why you see, this is not just about you, it's also about others. Allow others to have what be who they are. Do you understand? As as, as, as a pastor, I've had to learn that it might take me. You know, I can do three or four things at the same time. This can be so obvious to me. It doesn't necessarily mean somebody else is like that. Doesn't mean you won't let anybody do anything. Doesn't mean you allow people to grow into that. You have to. Yes, and you have to make room for everybody's own. You have to make room for. Every... Why is it that every day you look so sad? Why is it that you never smile? Why should they smile? Do you know what they are going through? Do you... Yeah, you two, you are grinning everywhere. We have left you to green. Make room for people. Make room for each other. Yeah, those of us who have flatmates and housemates, make room for them. They do their washing once a month. Mind your own business. Just stay away from their room and don't touch anything of yours. You two don't wash your things once a month. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I understand. I, I'm not making an excuse for you. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Haven't you realized that even when you try and imitate people, you can look ugly? Hey, because sometimes you see Tina, I hope you are watching. Tina can do her makeup. It's fantastic. Isn't it? Tina can put every Sunday she'll have. It's amazing. She's not a YouTube influencer. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, what is it? She's what? Yeah, influencer, yeah. Social media, uh, social, social media, Social, media. yeah. And people are imitating, you know, her makeup. Do you understand? But then, And she was insistent that she wants to come and do my man. And then the first day she came, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe gave her all the rules. Don't put any color on her eye. Don't put any. And I told Tina, listen to all the instructions you are being given. Yeah. It looks good on her. But you do you know that you don't like that? I mean, it doesn't work with within you. Do you understand? You don't have to, you don't have. <laughs> you don't have to look like everybody else. Do you understand? The fact that they said that bright colored lipstick is in the season 2021. You and I, the way our lips are, we can't do bright. Oh, you before, it's small. If you have a better example, give me. It creates that conflict, that tension, and it brings frustration. Because what will frustrate you is that you'll be sitting next to Tina, and people will say, Oh, Tina, you're looking amazing. Then they look at you and they're like, (laughs) And you're wondering because literally you have used the same products, colored the same places, but the compliments are different. Those who are Christians just pass. Those who are liars will talk. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. You know? Mind, be who you are. Be who you are. Yeah. It's good. And you should be content with it and be happy with it. And develop it better and make good use of it. Let's look at Philippians 2. We are closing. Time is up. We are going to look at this. I want us to take this scripture with us. And um, next Wednesday, we'll just look at all the thing. But I want this scripture to reassure us and also help us to know that no temperament is to be despised. It says that, I'm reading Amplified, Philippians 2.13. It says that, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work, both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. It is God. Who is all the while effectually at work? God is continuously using you as you are. It is not out of your own strength. It is not out of your own ability. It is not out of how you have been, your makeup. It is not how. And that is why sometimes there's always this argument uh, are leaders born? Are leaders made? Uh, No, everybody has capacity to be a leader. If we allow God to both will. And to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and like he says, energizing and creating in you the power and desire. I pray that at least today I have dispelled this. Oh, I'm a sanguine, oh, I'm a flag. Oh, you are no, you are God's choicest person that He can use and maximize. Your ability that you are. do you know that a lot of the time, even as preachers, you'll be surprised that when the Holy Spirit is upon us, when was, even our ministration is not necessarily who we are. Do you know that I'm not a funny person? I mean, I don't even like jokes. So. I, I, I don't like jokers. I don't like joke. I don't, most things in life are not funny, but people watch you and say, "Oh, you're always funny." Me, anyway. Rise up onto your feet, so. but that is how you know that the holy spirit can use us and do with us what he wants to do in the way he wants to do